This episode of the podcast, I have decided to keep it short, sweet, and hopefully informative. We have started up lacrosse practice here in Austin, Texas this past weekend, and we're ahead of most states right now, for better or worse. As we go into this summer 2020, I'd like to give five useful tips and or reminders to all lacrosse players and parents of lacrosse players. Number one, proper social distancing at lacrosse practice is close to impossible. This is uncharted territory for everyone as we head into the summer and different states and different clubs and programs will all have their own guidelines and restrictions to try to keep things safe as possible. That being said, lacrosse is a team sport and it's very unnatural to keep players and coaches at a quote-unquote safe distance. Even if it is just skill session-like practices with no contact, it is still very hard to have every player and every coach keeping their distance all of the time. Not to mention the touching of lacrosse balls, cones, goals, etc. There are just so many variables. In my opinion, it would take months of strict training for coaches, players, and even parents to really execute something that would have a chance at keeping everyone completely safe. I'm not saying that efforts shouldn't be made, but this is something you need to be aware of before sending your son or daughter to a practice. Number two, ease back into it. With everyone quarantining for the last few months, there's a very good chance that your son and or daughter hasn't stayed as active during this time as they normally would have. Even if they have stayed active, the moves you do at a lacrosse practice and the speed at which you do them are hard to mimic in the backyard or taking a jog around the neighborhood. The last thing you want to happen is when your player gets back out in the field after three months off is for them to have an injury that will keep them out even longer. Encourage them to listen to their bodies and make sure they aren't going overboard. Some other things that will help keep players healthy are stretching before and after practice, hydrating, good nutrition intake, and proper sleep and rest. Number three, if this summer is just focused on practice and training, that can be a positive. It seems pretty certain at this point that most teams will be able to get back out and start some sort of training and practice here this summer. However, whether or not tournaments end up happening is still unclear. If you end up not being able to attend a tournament this summer, that is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying games and tournaments don't have value when it comes to developing, but taking a summer to focus on training, skills, and practice could be extremely beneficial for your son or daughter. The amount of repetitions seen at a practice or skill session, especially when coached correctly, will raise your son or daughter's level of play in ways that a summer game will never be able to do. Number four, do not stress about college recruiting. With the recruiting dead period extended through the month of July, and possibly even longer, there are a lot of question marks right now on how it will all play out. Instead of focusing and worrying about what your son or daughter cannot do this summer, all the focus should be on what they can do. This includes training and getting better. My best guess is that a college coach is still going to try to see their future recruits play live at some point, and players need to be ready for when that time comes. Gather film and make highlight tapes. This is a great way to get on the coaching staff's radar and will help spark interest. Research colleges and learn more about what your son or daughter is looking for in their college experience. 
Work with your club or high school coaches for guidance and honest assessment. There's no problem with your son's goal to play at Syracuse and your daughter's goal to play at North Carolina. However, you want to be realistic and don't want to limit your options. Ask for an honest assessment and then compose a realistic list of schools that fit the criteria your player is looking for. Have your son or daughter contact college coaches to let them know that they're interested in their program, why they're interested, and why they believe they would be a good fit for their team. Number five, be nice. Just a friendly reminder to be respectful and kind when approaching or contacting your son or daughter's coach. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and it is affecting everyone differently. This is still not a reason to be rude or aggressive to coaches or anyone for that matter. You may not understand or agree with everything that is done by the coach or the program, and that is okay. No one should be forcing you to play, and if it is really not a good fit, then you need to make that decision as a family to play elsewhere. Here are a couple of other points to keep in mind. It's more effective to politely ask questions than it is to demand answers. Unsolicited feedback is not usually received well. A 24-hour cool-off period only helps the situation. College coaches always ask about players' parents. Club and high school coaches usually don't lie. I hope you find this advice helpful and informative, and best of luck with the start of summer lacrosse.